Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am an editor and the publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have on David Anken. Uh, David is a stuntman in, in one part of his life and has been for a long time or was for a long time, but now he's in the world of uh, this increase in automotive reality shows, if you will, and he does a show called um, Toy Makers. And uh, D- David, welcome to our podcast. We just can't wait to, to dig into this, this uh, wacky world of, of people and, and making special cars. So how are you today, sir? Doing fantastic. Thank you guys for having me. Sure. Great. Um, can you tell us a little bit of the background of where the idea came from for the show and um, how long you've been doing it? Just give us a good, if you would, a good overview of the, of the program. Yeah, just finished up uh, filming season three, uh, working really hard on the builds for season four already. So, wow. Uh, yeah, you know, it's the big scheme of things is, is I never wanted a TV show ever. was never in my plans. Had friends have uh, TV shows. I wasn't interested at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I had a guy tell me one time what a, what a great avenue to advertise your business basically, and uh, started thinking about it over, you know, a couple of years, you know, they, they're right, if I'm going to retire into what I love, which is, you know, designing, building, and tinkering with toys, any type of toy, I don't care what it is, Yes. Um, what, a, what a great way to advertise your company is to develop a show, so um, it's really how it all started, I, I had no intention to doing a television show, and, and uh, it just sort of you know, they kept, I, I, I was around it my whole life. So I, as it unfolded, next thing you know, we're talking to different producers about developing a television show. So, How much time does the uh, the TV side take up of your day? Uh, there's 24 hours in a day. It takes up about 30 hours. Um, <laughs> Great. Per day. It's, uh, literally, it, it engulfs your world uh, in, in every sense. I... I I didn't know what I didn't know. I went into it knowing it all and, and come out of it knowing nothing. Um, you truly, it, it, it really does. To do it right, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, we, I live, eat, and breathe the show, whether it's you're talking to your brands that you're, you're constantly trying to take care of. You're taking care of fans. You're taking care of shops. You're taking care of family life. You're taking care of employees. You're taking care of, and not just my employees, but I'm talking about, you know, we have, you know, 35, 40 people that work for us in, in, in film crew and editing crew. And then you have your, you know, you got people that run social media. You got people that, you know, you got publicists and managers and, and you're constantly trying to grow. Like I'm already working on season four and we haven't even aired season three yet. So it's, it's, I love what I do. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. Uh, but probably the most rewarding. Yeah. So you get a lot of uh, more offers to, to, to for builds, I suppose, right? As you say, it's like it's advertising. You know, but there's a there's a fine line there. I've got a lot of friends that do television that do builds for other people. And I'm not saying I don't. I do. Uh, I don't prefer to do that. Uh, you know, I mean, if it, I can hand select who I want to build for, um, I would rather build them for myself most people don't understand what they're getting into 
when you're doing a one-off. Now, it's one thing if you're going to build a Mustang with a Pro Charger. Does that make sense? But if you're going to do a one-off build where you're going to hand-build the chassis, the suspension, the body, the drive line, the, the brake system, you know, there, there, there's something to be said about the owner of the car when you, when you sell them that car. It's, it's not your OEM Camaro that you're going to go out and buy. You know, it, it, it just isn't, you know, not, not for me anyway. So um, I tend to I tend to want to build the car and then display the car. I, I, I bring it out. I've got a bunch of cars that travel with me when, when we go to events and sign autographs. And and that way it's me driving that car. It's, uh, it's what I prefer to do. What I, from the video, uh, sorry, from the video that I've seen, when you drive a car, you drive the wheels off it. Smoky burnouts and yeah. that kind of stuff. A little fun, huh? Yeah, you know, it's for me, there's a lot of guys, and, and I know some incredible builders, but they don't want to scratch them. Uh, a lot of them don't even have plumbing and wiring in them. You know, they're like, oh, no, this is a piece of art. To me, that's exactly what it is, a piece of art. If you can't drive it, what good is it? So I want to drive everything I have, and I, I drive it. To me, they're drivers. I, I build them to drive. I don't build them to to. to I don't know. I, I don't. I don't enter car shows. I don't care about any of that stuff. So. We like even I more now. It. That's I, the great. That's great. Yeah. I, I want to drive my stuff, and I want to drive it hard. I mean, we build it to drive. So if I get if I got a thousand horsepower, I want I want I want to feel a thousand horsepower. Sure. So. Hey, Dave. You know, uh, through the years, there's been a number of these kinds of shows um, where people have all, all kinds of different formats, but. Why do you think there's been an influx in, in the popularity of these kinds of automotive shows, uh, whether it's the approach you take or there are other approaches where there's more of a, a comedic aspect to it? Why do you think that these have taken off on a variety of different networks? Well, I, I think, honestly, you know, the market's changing and everybody thinks they have it figured out. Um, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't have a freaking clue what we're doing. But I, I will tell you this, that if you're passionate about it and you love what you do, I, I happen to be involved with an industry of gearheads, you know, and yes. all gearheads are just you're down in, in their hearts. They're good people. I can show up at an event, not know anybody. And, and, and not because I'm David Hannigan. It's because I, you know, I, I love what I do. And, and I've been going to events my whole life. And you roll in, and it, you have a common goal, a common love. You know, I, I look at people's cars and what they do, and fellow toy makers, if you will. Sure. And that's what—that's what I love. It, it's that—it's the industry, it's the people in the industry. It's—I can call a brand. I—I I, I was talking to Willwood yesterday. Absolutely amazing people. And you go right to their tech department, and, and them guys have the same passion I do. Sure. You know, and that's. It's the industry that I love, almost more so than the building. You know, it's, you get out there and you can, you know, some people like to go golfing. I, I just don't, I mean, if I'm going to go golfing, it's because i got a badass golf cart I just built. Um, <laughs> I want to go on that so one. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it isn't because I want to go swing, a, you know, and I'm not knocking a golfer, but if i got to hit a ball and go chase it, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I want to drive the golf cart and go get it. I mean, so, Dare I say it's an industry where there are very few introverts. It's an extroverts industry. It really is. And, you know, you're, and it doesn't, there's no rules or right. I mean, really, honestly, it doesn't matter what it is. If, if you're passionate about it, 
Some people don't like what I do. That's okay. I did it for me. Um, I, I don't like what I see all the time, but I'm not, I don't ever judge him. It's what he likes. So it's, you know, some people like blue or some people like white, some people like black. Who cares? Right. It's, it's, I remember a day when, you know, I, I had no money and just trying everything I could do to try to build my poster on the wall. So it's to go out there and watch these guys. Now they grab me and bring me over to show me their car. It's, it's, it's exciting for them. You know I mean? It's like they're going, I want to show you. And I'm looking at it when I remember the day when you look at this guy and he goes, I got $1,500 in it. What do you think? And I'm thinking to myself, dude, for 1500 bucks, you did really good. You know, it's like, <laughs> That's you know, it, you know it, it, the day, you know, you don't have to spend fifty, sixty, dollars $100,000 to live your dream. You know, some of these guys are living their dream for no money. Sure. That's how I started. You know, we didn't have any money. We had to learn to build our stuff. Well, nowadays they got rat rods, so a guy like me who doesn't have any money can uh, build something pretty unique. You know, it's on funny. A budget. I, I love rat rods. I, I do. Love rat rods. I, I, I have a couple, and, and for me, I grew up with a day where the rat rod was a brand new, flawless car that you just didn't paint. You know, you, you, you kept it rusty and you know the outside body, but everything was perfect. That's changed over the years. Now I think they call that a retro rod, but um, to me, you know, everybody's got their, their passion. I, I love a rat rod, but to me, my idea of a rat rod is it's still got to be dead perfect. It's got to run right. It's got to act right. It's got to stop. It isn't just a bunch of junk parts, but there's a whole movement now where, and it could be leaking oil and you know, tie down straps holding the motor in the car, and that's his rat rod. But again, to him, that's his dream. I mean, he's the best car on the planet to him. Well, you know, and that's all that matters. Right. The uh, rat rod, I wouldn't hardly call it a rat rod that you have, that SB2, the black. Was it an old Ford that's chassis? that's my version of the rat rod. Yeah, that, that's my rat But it's, you know, and I, I didn't spend any money on paint. It's flat black. and um, You got a motor it, in that thing. It, it, it did. Yeah, it's got, a, you know, it's got an SB2 in it, a full chassis, a 9 We hand build every inch of the car. It's beautiful. It is. But to me, that's my version of a rat rod, you know? Sure. Dave, I don't see us as the uh, People magazine per se of, of automotive podcasts, but I'm going to ask anyway, what is it like, what's the dynamic like when you bring a celebrity into the mix? Do they uh, have any idea what it's all about? Are they car enthusiasts to begin with, or they just, they're just they just a f- famous person and they have money to burn and they get you involved? How does that work with, with a, a celebrity involvement? You know, for me, I, I'm not... I'm not, I'm only, I'm just getting ready to air season three, so I'm not as big as, as some of these other guys. I, I've been very fortunate, and I'm humbled to be where I'm at, but almost everybody I'm involved with, like I just had Dean Kane involved this year, and I, I've, I've known Dean for a few years now, and almost everybody I'm involved with, I've been involved with. They know who I am, what I am, what I do. Funny story about Dean is the very first show that was pitched to me to do was it was going to be Dean and I as the host of the show. Him as the aspiring gearhead and me as the gearhead. Yes. And so I, I had him on the show this year. And what's funny to me, you know, he was laughing because now it's, it's, you know, he's been around the block. He's done, you know, a whole bunch of stuff in his life. Now he's on my show. I think that's funny. Yes, so, that is wow. pretty funny, yes. Now, your shop um, is in, but, I'm sorry, your shop is in Reedsville, North Carolina, which is near Charlotte, which is ground zero for NASCAR country. There must be a lot of Absolute. good talent around there. 
Absolutely. There's uh, you know, right down the street, you know, in Charlotte, in, in, in Concord, all the places. We're right dead in the middle of NASCAR country. There's uh, some great talent out here. I mean, the, the builders out here are amazing. The engine guys are amazing. The shops are amazing. It's you know, we're we're surrounded by amazing people. I have to drop in a little bit of uh, uh, North Carolina today, and I just uh, chuckled because later today I, I also c- report on golf, and either later today or tomorrow I'm going to interview Davis Love the Third, who's a North Carolina guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but um, you know he, he I think he was Michael Jordan's roommate uh, one year in college way back in the day, and, and uh, in Northern California Davis is going to play in the uh, AT&T tournament next month for the 30th time so i've never interviewed him before but he's, awesome. he's a good north carolina guy i know that i tell you what there's a lot of talent that comes out of north carolina you know what honestly there's a lot of talent that comes out of this country it's 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 you know i think i think we're all blessed you work hard you, you persevere you go anywhere you want to go so That's i right. think you're right how about celebrities uh in the in the show or that you work with for cars have there been any or will there be any yeah i mean you know this year of course we've got richard petty on this year uh doing some stuff with him uh dean kane of course this year on the show um uh a couple uh smaller ones like uh sarah edwards is, is uh she drives a queen of diamonds jet car one of the world's fastest women she's gonna end up doing a car for her this year great um but uh you know, and then uh, we've got some, uh, we're doing some Monster Jam stuff. Uh, some of the big shots for Monster Jam are coming on. I'm, I'm helping them finish up a truck they debuted on Monster Jam this year. So I'm not really prejudiced when it comes to toys. I mean, everything from a, a turbo Harley Davidson with knobby tires, which is totally taboo, to a, a monster truck, to a, a one-off, you know, hand-built. I, I totally ruined the 1941 Willys Coupe. I mean... In everybody's eyes, it's absolutely the nastiest thing on the planet. <laughs> um, and uh, I've already got a couple of celebrities I know begging me to come take them. But I built the car specifically to give rides to my fans. So um, I, I it's, it's going to be fun. I saw that you built a V8 motorcycle, too. Yeah, I did that. Uh, that was year one um, with Vanquish of Mike Kelly. Uh, great guy. Matter of fact, I was just on the phone with him because I'm doing something similar for a, one of my employees now. We're building a three-wheel trike uh, for him completely off the deep end. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, for me, I got 12 bikes. I love bike. I love the bike industry. Uh, I love everything about the industry for that matter yes. so to do a v8 bike i really wanted one right you know uh, there's a couple brands out there that in my opinion are a little top heavy they don't stop real well or they don't handle right so we wanted to build one that center of gravity was low it's 100 pounds heavier than my harley davidson um but it stops right it, it shifts right it turns right um in, in an amazing matter of fact since that episode i i added 300 horse of nitrous so um just because I needed more, if that sure. makes any sense. Have you, ever built um, it, have you ever built anything that had too much horsepower? I think I, I don't even understand the question. I, that's what I was thinking there. you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I expected. <laughs> Great, I mean, that's the best answer I've ever heard. 
I, uh, I'm in the middle of a, we're, we're just finishing up uh, for next season, uh, just finishing, got the motor all designed, we're in the middle of putting it together. It's about 3,000 horsepower, streetable horsepower uh, in a car. It's all hand-built, bodies hand-built, chassis, every inch of the car is hand-built. And the motor's a little twin-turbo motor from Precision, 540, Holly, uh, all Holly uh, fuel injection. But it'll run at eh, 3,000, give or take, and we're going to put it on the street, and it's going to be a driver. I will drive it to the racetrack. I will cut a 450 in the eighth mile, and I will drive it home. That's great. Um, Bruce and I were so, talking before the program, and I'm stealing one of Bruce's questions, and but I'm curious to know about it. You, you have a program and you're doing the build, but behind the scenes, I'm sure that there's, you know, production and editing, and can, could you share um, maybe an outtake or something that's happened behind the scenes that the public doesn't see that would be, uh, you know, good for our listeners? Maybe you uh, you thought you had the right equipment. Oh, oh geez, we, we forgot to do this or we forgot to do that. So give us an example, if there are any, of some outtakes, if you yeah, will. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, everything. I, I'm not one, I, I don't... I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. I know these shows are always um, born around drama. They want drama. Yes. I refuse to have drama in my shop. I just refuse. I, I, if I'm going to fight with somebody in my shop, they don't work for me anymore. Gotcha. So for me, it's I, – I, I can't um, – I, I just can't. So my producer, I'll never forget, year one, very adamant and when you go out the sensor's going to go bad the car's not going to start and and i said listen to me i said i'm not going to have no fake sensor go bad and we're not going to play like the car doesn't start there's going to be drama so every <laughs> time we ever get in a car and then once they realize that i design it i build it and then i drive the snot i, I promise you something happens whether i hit a wall or you know for instance um, it, it, we were just finishing monster trucks and whole car done. The whole truck is done. I have another monster truck that I'm racing up and down the damn road, going up to a truck stop, for instance, and getting it, you know, just causing havoc. So we decide to have a drag race, uh, between the two, the one we just finished, it's going to get debuted at monster jam a couple of days later. And in the middle of the drag race, the guy, not me. I didn't make the mistake. The driver of the other truck lost control of it. We wrecked both trucks. So oh, we boy. just stopped everything we're doing to fix it. So everything happens, and it's a real world in our world. It's hard to explain, but it, it nothing happens. It, it, it isn't ours is real TV. It really does happen. If I sit there and, yeah, I mean, I, I almost, you know, it's, they closed the city streets to do my finale drive this year and literally i mean it, you don't really know what could happen you, you, you know the next thing you know you're you're real close to everything that should be going wrong thank god we have a great team and a safety group and and, and you know i but i guess in answer to your question every day there's something um and you never really my camera guys are very trusting they don't move i've had them for three years um, you buzz them at 200 miles an hour and they do not move. Their hats come off because you buzz them so close. You know, it's yes. like, um, but uh, nothing that is so bad that uh, it's not, 
it's all very controlled chaos. Is that a better way to put it? Sure. The, the drama takes care of itself, like, in other words. It, yeah. it really does, because there's something going to break. I mean, uh, uh, you know, a chain's going to come off. Uh, uh, you're you're going to, you know, I had the rear end, you know, the, the brake assembly completely rip off a car because we were really doing some silly stuff to try to get a shot. And uh, um, and the brake system held so well that it wrapped right around the rear axle and the brakes never stopped turning on the disc. So um tore all the lines off the car. But it's sort of the nature of the beast if you're, if you're trying to make something do something it's not supposed to do. You know, if you're going to jump a 12,000-pound monster truck 100 feet, um, it's going to do something it's not supposed to do. Eventually, sure. stuff breaks or fails. I mean... You know, it, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't think I have any one thing outside of the fact of everything goes wrong all the time. Um, it's just how you control it. So. But in general, you're living the dream. Can you tell us how you first got the passion for cars, and then are you passing this passion on? Yeah, I mean, it's a generation thing. My first year, I did a three-generation show with my son, myself, and my father. Uh, you know, my dad built hot rods um my son is matter of fact he's wearing me out now about you know um going to you know what's his first car going to be he's 13 you know he's already asking me what are we going to build what are we going to build so i i it came very honestly as a young age my dad built cars and trucks and bikes and toys and and uh, my son is exactly the same way he can't he can't seem to get anything without ripping it apart trying to modify it somehow. So, The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Uh, the, the other question I, w- I wanted to know about is considering your, you know, your expertise in the stunt world, we interviewed uh, a guy a while back, a uh, mountain climber, uh, the guy who you may have heard about who did El Cap without ropes, uh, Alex Hunold, and he has a van, so that was the tie into the automotive world. He lives six months a year in his van, but basically he doesn't have any fear. I'm wondering what your level of fear is in, in a car, if you have any fear, or do you just um, uh, have this like, like did he really, does? Did he, did he, yeah, did he really tell you he had no fear? He said he has more fear when he's not on the mountain, so maybe I have to kind of amend that. So he's at peace on yeah. the mountain. He has more fear when he's maybe when he's in his van or whether he's out in the public somewhere. But um, people ask me if, I, if, if I'm just crazy or if I, I don't fear. I, 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 I think I think it's a respect. I I trust what we do. I trust the safety gear I'm wearing. I trust my abilities. I trust that I really thought it out. And, you know, I, I just, the car I finished up for this year is so amazing and it's so over the top and everybody said you couldn't do it. It wouldn't work right. And let me tell you something, it's the most incredible ride I've ever had. Um, but it, it is truly a handful. But when, I, I call it living on the edge of, of my life. I literally like living on the edge. And what I find is by pushing myself, and, and that, that's exciting to me. Um, it's not any fun if anybody can do it. If, if you want to push yourself, and you can't can't win a race without falling down. You can't succeed in life without failing. I love it. You have to you have to realize that 
you know, to really go somewhere, I call it leap of faith. You can't you gotta get on the top of the mountain, you gotta jump. You got to. Otherwise we're otherwise you're just sitting there like everybody else. So for me, I, I it isn't that I, I respect everything that I'm doing. If I ever get in a car or a bike and I don't respect it, I probably won't drive it. If I, if I don't fear it, if I truly get on it and I, there's no fear at all, I probably wouldn't drive it. No because fine, it, huh? it'll hurt me. Well, it, it'll hurt you. If you don't respect... If I think about every time I've ever truly been hurt, and I've been hurt bad, it, it's usually because I don't respect what I'm driving. If you get on it and you're on a little, you know, 110cc mini bike and you're racing around being stupid, and you're in a pile driving, you no safety gear, you're not thinking, you're only doing 35 miles an hour. You know, but when you're doing 200 miles an hour, you're so in tune with what you're doing. It's a different world. I, I can get in a car and, man, we're sliding around last week and I'm literally, you know, 150 miles an hour dead sideways and just, it was so comforting and relaxing and I was, but I was in tune with the car. I knew, I, I knew the car. I knew the brakes. I knew the, I knew the, you know, my gas pedal. I just knew what we were doing and how we were doing it. And I had so many close calls and people thought I was nuts. It's like, it wasn't even a worry to me. It isn't that I don't fear it. I, I trust trust my surroundings, and that's that's living life. I don't want to live life. Fair enough. Just don't. That's great. It, it triggered a thought from, from many years ago, and not to put you in the same category, but uh, I, I worked on the Monterey Peninsula for a year, and, and they had an in, they had um, the Indy Series down there at Laguna Seca. This is in the mid 1980s and they brought in Danny Sullivan and, and Bobby, uh, little Al and somebody else to a press conference. And I knew nothing. I don't maybe know a little bit more, but I asked those guys if, if they considered themselves athletes and they were very kind to me. They didn't make fun of the question or anything. They, they told me about, um, try, you know, try to get in the car and drive for four hours with, without stopping and the intensity of always having to, to concentrate. Uh, and, and so I, I, found some new respect for those guys and I realized of course that they are athletes. Do you consider what you do on your program? Do you consider yourself an athlete? I, that, you know, they, they bring up a valid point. I, I literally, you know, six months a year, I train very, very, very hard. When you're in a car and you got to, that's exact, exactly it. You have to really, you have to be calm. You have to, it's knowing everything about, you have to realize that you're, an hour, three hours, four hours, ten hours, whatever it happens to be in a vehicle, and you're right on the edge yes. all the time. you, you got to be so comfortable to breathe. you got to relax. It's hard to do. People start getting forearm cramps and cramps, and they're panicking. Um, I, I absolutely consider anybody in, in a, anything you do more than uh, 30 seconds. You know, it's like, yes. you know, it's like you, you, your mind takes over, and, 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 and you're absolutely an athlete. Am I a, am I a, a you know, a, a, a guy that has to exert himself or I have to lift weights? Or, no, absolutely not, even though I do all the time. But I promise you, you start manhandling a car around, and, and your mind is going back and forth, and you're, you're doing five things at once. Um, it's, it, it's absolutely it, it work. I mean, you go home and you're tight and you're sore and your, your butt cheeks hurt and your legs hurt and your right, you know, your right arm hurts. Cause he, you, you, you absolutely. And, and 
I think that's what puts some of the guys over the top in the racing series. You sit in a race car going around in a circle, it's with, oh, anybody could do that. I promise you can. Right. Mentally, you can. There's no time you out. get out of the car, <laughs> there really isn't. And mentally, you're on, and you're on, and you're on. And, and you can't breathe. If you breathe wrong, you're done. So you, you know, I call it, my, my mind is a dollar bill. I, I, I forget where I heard this from, but you only have a dollar bill to spend in your mind when you're driving. And, and if you if you spend 25 cents to shift the gears and 25 cents to use the brakes and 25 cents, you know, you, you, everything you do is, 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 is money. And if you get to a point where it costs you 95 cents to drive that race and then something jumps out in front of you and it costs you 30 cents, you're over your limit yes, and you crash. Sure. So what you try to do is you try to reduce what it takes to shift a car, what it takes to stop the car, drive the car. So, so you're driving that race at 25 cents in your mind. So when something jumps out in front of you, you're still under your dollar bill. You know, it's, yes, like, right. it's silly, but that's a good um, analogy. I hadn't sure. thought of it that way. That's great. David, can you tell, um, can you tell us any uh, clue about what uh, Richard Petty's going to do with you on the show? You know, Richard Petty's down the street. Number one, he's right. a brand that's been around forever. Yep. He's an amazing guy, uh, amazing man. And is, is and he his brand, believe it or not, is probably as big now or bigger than it ever was. Um, and, and let me explain that. They got a, a Petty's garage now, and, and uh, they do all these OEM cars. You go buy a brand new OEM car. And, and they do a petty package on it, and it gets financed right into it. Big horsepower, great, great, great group of guys. So I got a fan that has been a petty fan his whole life. He grew up a his dad grew up a Lee Petty fan, and um, they're going to be. Uh, he wanted a car built that was a clone car to Richard Petty, an actual '71 Dodge, actually going to be you know his golf cart when he goes to the NASCAR races. <laughs> So basically approach Richard Petty. And the guy's never met him. He sleeps with a Richard Petty pillow. Oh, my gosh. He's never met Richard Petty. Yeah, that, that's how deep the pain, you know. So he came to me to build the car. I didn't want to do it at first. Um, but I talked to Richard. And Richard goes, I don't do clone cars. Nobody gets it right. And, uh, and Richard's very, he might be in his 80s, but let me tell you something. Richard Petty is very with what he likes and dislikes and what he wants and doesn't want. So uh, Richard Petty said, look, if you're going to build the car and you're going to do it right, I'll sign it and, and you can bring it here, put it in my showroom and, and I'll hand the guy the keys. So um, I agreed great. to do it. Yeah. And, and uh, the guy, for me, giving back to somebody like that, they grew up going to every NASCAR race on the planet, just hoping to to meet the guy more than just, you know, run through and say hi as a fan. Yes. Uh, to be able to give that to the guy was more exciting than giving him the car. And then did not even realize the car was sitting there amongst all of Richard Petty's cars, um, you know, which was really huge. And then, you know, the fans that were at Richard Petty's museum were taking pictures of the car, assuming it was one of Richard Petty's cars. And then Richard Petty decided, it. And Richard Petty will tell you when you're wrong. You know, yes. that was a fear of mine, walking in. Richard Petty goes, dude, I don't like the car. I don't like it. You know, it's, 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 and he, his complaint was is there was 100 clones within, you know, 50 miles of, of his shop. And he 
he didn't really care for many of them. He goes, look, they're all just whatever. You know, it's right. like got my numbers on it. Right. There's no respect to my name is what he said. Yes. But he, he looked at the car. He was very excited. I mean, you know, Richard was, he goes, hey, do you mind if I sign the dash? I said, please, just sign the dash. Right. So it was a big deal for me, too, because, God, what if he wouldn't like the car? Right. <laughs> I got a film crew there. Yeah. A film crew there. <laughs> Hey, Dave, uh, since you're in your third season now, it's kind of a double question, but what kind of response have you gotten, whether it's email or phone calls or text from the public? And can you tell us a little bit about uh, the programming uh, of the show on, on the A&E network? Um, kind of fill us in, if you, if you could, in, in those two areas. What, what ha- how has the public reacted to the show? And, and uh, we, I know it's on A&E, but where, do, where, do, where does the general public see the show? Yeah, it'll be on History Channel um, Sunday mornings and FYI primetime Saturday nights. Gotcha. So 157 million homes. Um, really blessed. I mean, honestly, it, it's humbling. I mean, come on, guys. i just a car guy that likes to build silly toys. But in the big scheme of things, there's a million guys that do exactly what I do. I, it, we're, we're humble. I, I, I'm surrounded by a team of misfits that just happens to be amazing at <laughs> what they do. And I want to um, be on that team of we, misfits. That sounds like a lot of fun. Heck yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, we're a very, very small crew. We can't do it all. I got, there's only, if you think about it, there's me, Bo, Jason, and, and, and uh, Billy. And then there's Ashley, my assistant. That's it as far as in the shop. I mean, there's a whole, I got 50 people outside the shop. You know, I got a business partner. I got a, I got a lady that handles all paperwork. I got, you know, but in the shop, there's, you know, four of us and Ashley. And that's, we do it all. So, but in saying that, it's, it's the most humbling thing I've ever done. I, I, you stop at, you know, to eat breakfast or dinner and we will start to get recognized more and more and more. And, and, and the people that call you are, are so gracious. I, they're so nice. And every now and then somebody will call and tell me that they hated the way I use that motor and not a six on You know, I'm wasting gas or I'm, Oh, you know, sometimes oh boy, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always going to realistically, it's a very, very small per, percentage. And and then to realize I get a chance to, to grow the industry that I love. I mean, it's truly a passion of mine. And I think, you know, unfortunately, you know, racing and, and sports have, have changed over the last 40 years. I mean, it's not what it used to be. The kids today coming up, are from a different world. We didn't have cell phones and cable. Oh, yeah. Different world. We didn't have any of that stuff. Sure. It's a different world. So to be able to influence kids is amazing to me. It's just amazing. And it's, you know. Do you foresee anything, speaking about a different world, do you see, uh, foresee anything uh, in the electric motor? In the electric motor? Yeah. Said? Would you build anything with electric? Do you see that on the horizon or anything? Or any thought about it? Oh, my God, yeah. I let a little cat out of the bag, and I don't think my producers know this yet because I'm always so far ahead, but I'm already knee-deep in building an all-wheel drive electric motor, but I tell you it's going to have a toy maker spin. I really want an old-school look. Um, I mean old-school, almost like a, a 32 old boy look, you know what I mean? Right, yes. But all-wheel drive, electric, and make it where it's, if you if you talk about it, it's almost dead wrong, dead wrong. But I'm telling you, if you do it right, it, it, 
it'll be right. It, 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 it's about a stage, it's about a look, it's about a feel. The only negative I see with it, and I'm the guy that has the negative with it, is when you talk about electric and you talk to an old man like myself, you know, is is I like the sound of a big cam. I Same like here. Yep. V8. Yeah. I, I just do. Yeah, V8, just nasty, thumping. You don't get that with electric. No. But let me tell you where I have to change my attitude, and I am. It's hard to beat sheer performance. It's hard to beat it. In electric, the sheer performance. I mean, it downright, they're bad. I mean, holy, you can make one fast. So... If, if you can get the look right, the stance right, the attitude right of the car, and it performs, truly performs, I, I'm hoping the me's of the world, I'm putting myself right in there with it, accepts the car. Because I'm going to build one. Matter of fact, I've already got the platform. But <laughs> I'm going to build the car. That's um, great. But i gotta, I got to convince myself while I'm doing it that what I'm giving up in one avenue which is that sound that I love so much. And that Smell, I'm going to make too. it up. And, yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, there's nothing better than burning rice. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. The smells, the sound, and, and a lot of people try to mimic that. But to me, that's, that's decoration on a cake. I don't, I don't want a sound system that sounds bad. So I'm just not going to develop any of that. It's, I'm going to build a car that is, above and beyond on all the other senses and then you gotta keep the sounds and the smells away and then make the car so badass that people like myself will go dude that's a badass car great you've gotta have no traction control either so you can still smoke those tires I, i'm not a fan of traction control i, I, get I didn't it. think so <laughs> and, and, no <laughs> i did it and i appreciate it for you know but i I do want to spend the tires when I want to spend the tires. Yep. Hey, Dave, that's, uh, you know, the, the we only know you for half an hour, but, you know, the passion of what you do just comes right through, and it's uh, it's been a real treat to, to get to know you a little bit. I can't wait to, to dig into the series number three, uh, year number three, and um, we're coming North Carolina soon, and uh, we'll, we'll buy you that beer or two when we get down there. And lunch. Dude, if they're coming down, I'm buying beer. Please come by the shop. <laughs> okay. Please. I, I, please come by the shop. Well, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. We want to thank uh, Dave uh, from Toymakers. Um, it just sounds like the, the show's just fantastic, and what you have in the future is, like I said, I can't wait. So thanks for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver podcast. Please visit our website, www theweeklydriver.com and visit the Toymakers website as well. And everybody watch the show. It just sounds like it's going to be a great a lot of third fun. season. And God, you've already got the fourth season. So thanks again, Dave, for, for being our guest today. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. Have a good day. Right. You do the same. Take care. Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer. Bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. 